Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Hannah Halperin is back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books for a second time to discuss I Could Live Here Forever, a novel. Hannah is also the author of Something Wild and... Something Wild won the 2021 Edward Lewis Wallant Award and was a finalist for the 2021 National Jewish Book Award for debut fiction. Her stories have been published in the Kenyan Review, N Plus One, New Ohio Review, and Joyland. She has taught fiction workshops at Grub Street in Boston and worked as a domestic violence counselor. Welcome, Hannah. Thanks for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss I Could Live Here Forever. Thanks for having me. Sure. Your novel was beautiful, just like Something Wild, which I also loved. So thank you for this. I feel like you write so well about, you know, these heavy feelings, grief, disappearance, loss, 
and also writing and sort of this coming of age search for self through everything and family. I don't know. It's so good. All these themes like get wrapped right up and it's really powerful. So anyway, thanks. Thank you so much. Tell listeners what I Could Live Here Forever is about. Yeah. So I Could Live Here Forever is about this young woman, Leah, who moves to Madison, Wisconsin to get her MFA. And when she's there, she meets this guy, Charlie, in line at the grocery store. And they very quickly fall in love and they fall into this intense relationship. And he is a recovering heroin addict. And it kind of follows their intense and tumultuous relationship. I feel like it also is about her sort of processing her mother's disappearance and what it means to have a mom who, well, her brother said she was like Looney Tunes or whatever, but who was perhaps mentally ill, who left the family early and how to sort of reconcile that sort of loss and trying to wrestle with that. Um, Talk to me about that whole piece because I found that so poignant and interesting. Yeah. A big piece of the novel is you get to know both Leah's family and Charlie's family pretty well. And you learn right away that Charlie's father had abandoned his family before he was born. And Leah's mother had abandoned the family when she was 13. And right away, this kind of like bonds them. And this is a big theme in like Leah's writing is she's constantly writing these stories about childless mothers or daughters without mothers. And this is something that she's thinking about all the time and it kind of haunts her. And it was something that I actually in the first draft was sort of, it was there, it was kind of a brushstroke, but they came out more in revision, sort of what was this missing piece for Leah and, and what was she searching so desperately for? And she gets to know Charlie's family really well. And she gets to know Charlie's mom really well. And and Charlie's mom is this like incredibly warm kind of maternal figure. And part of her, her draw towards Charlie is this sense of home that she finds in Charlie and Charlie's mom and kind of the feeling she has when she's at Charlie's house. And it's very complicated because what's going on in the house is not so simple. Um, Charlie is into the relationship, he very quickly relapses and and Leah is kind of in total denial about what's going on. And her relationship with his mother is not so simple either, but I think in her mind, she wants it to be simple. She wants kind of this very simple maternal love that she's always craved. And so that's part of what keeps her so kind of wrapped up in the world of Charlie. I feel like that's not written about enough, how when you date someone or for a long time or whatever, you you really inherit their family for a while and you get to sort of slither in and see all the little secrets and everything and you grow really attached and then you break up and it's like, what happened? Yes. Like I have families that I still love, like I love them, like they are families, but they're no longer in my life really. So I don't know. Exactly. You get to kind of be part of another family for a little bit and- it's kind of foreign, but you can grow, yeah, as you said, like extremely attached. So that happens with Leah and she, she's in a totally new part of the country. She's always, you know, she's always felt a bit like an outsider. That's kind of the character that I wrote, whether it's in her own family or, you know, she's part of this MFA cohort um, and whether she actually is an outsider or not, I think that's kind of just how she perceives herself. And again, I think part of why she's drawn to Charlie is he's, he's a bit of an outsider too. And so they, 
you know, they resonate with each other that way. But there's something about Charlie's home. It, ironically, there's a steadiness to it that she's never quite felt, even though the relationship that she's gotten in her, herself into is kind of complete chaos. Um, but there's something about that home life that she she really um, is is quite drawn to. I also really like the scenes of the MFA program and all the anxiety of writing and all of the writing within the book. At, at one point I turned it over and I was like, this is a novel, right? I just making sure here, <laughs> just like yes. triple checked, just triple checked. There's like the scene where she's trying to defend her idea of writing about you know mothers and daughters. And she's like, well, you know, I had a mother and I mean, she didn't die, but you know, she left and you know, everyone has a mom and I am a daughter. And I don't know, it was just funny, like this need to sort of defend what you're what you're writing about and what you're doing and make excuses and all that insecurity kind of all wound up with her as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I um it is a novel. I I did go to, you know, the University of Wisconsin Madison for my MFA. So I did pull a lot of details from that time and from what it was like to be in the MFA. The cohort is made up, like the people in the cohort are made up, but there were like moments, like, you know, we did have an agent come and it started off quite a bit, but, and, you know, starting to submit to journals and sort of like this really strange mix of like, in my experience anyways, like I felt so close to the people in my cohort. And at the beginning anyway, like I, I actually didn't feel that much competition and sort of then as we sort of continued on and there was more of this anxiety of like, what's going to happen after we leave, I did start to feel more competitive. And I think probably I was starting to feel anxiety about my own future and it had less <laughs> to do with the other people in the cohort, but um, it was that strange mix of feeling competitive and then also feeling like these were the people I felt closest to. So I would sort of draw on some of the feelings and some of the actual events, but the people and the, you know, everything was fictionalized. But it was, I, I was sort of drawing on some intimate things <laughs> in this book, yeah. Well, having not received an MFA or haven't gone there specifically. It was a nice little glimpse, even like the neighborhood bar with the games. I was like, is this bar 74? There was, or bar 73. There's a bar that looks exactly like it. And I was like, she must be talking about that. <laughs> different, different. Uh, I mean, of course I haven't been there in like 30 years or something right. crazy. So not, maybe not, I'm not that, well, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so in the story, here, wait, I pulled out a couple of quotes that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, there was something beautiful about the mom. You said, I remember my mother as someone who was always searching for something. She seemed lost, like she'd ended up in our house, in our family by accident. That was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. like, sort of haunting uh, dislocation. And then when she talks about her family, when you say, my mother's presence was bigger than my father's. She talked more, hugged tighter, cried harder, laughed louder, yelled scarier. We inherited our father's height, but other than that, we all look more like her. And you go on to talk about her as an artist and, and all of that. And then it relates to when you finally say, the nice thing about writing was it took pain and warped it into something useful. I could shape it into a beginning and a middle and an end. It was manageable that way, and it was mine, sharp and beautiful. By the time I was done with it, it was just a story. So what stories of your own have you used writing to sort of make your way through? I mean, everything I've written, I think I've been trying to work something through. I, I, th I think like what you just read, that's part of why I write. With this particular novel, I started writing it because I was like thinking about the feeling of what it's like to be in relationships where there's like really high highs and really low lows. 
and, and what it's like to be in a relationship where it's like loving and terrible at once and how it can be so cyclical and, and not necessarily like an abusive relationship or like not necessarily having the words to describe or the labels to describe a relationship, but knowing that the relationship felt like impossible to get out of. And I think like I've been in relationships like this before. It can feel so impossible to describe what those relationships feel like and and why they can feel so so difficult to leave. And I've never been addicted to a drug, but I feel like I know the feeling of what it's like to be addicted to another person. And it felt mm. really interesting to me to sort of like, what would it be like to write about a relationship between a young woman and a man where the man was addicted to something that like in my mind is probably the most addictive thing you could be addicted to. And then where the woman almost begins to be addicted to the relationship in maybe not the same way, but in a way where she resonates with him in that way. And that's kind of how I got the idea for Leah and Charlie. And so I pulled from my own, from my own experience and my own feelings. You know, the story is, is fictional and the, the characters are fictional, but I kind of drew from both like the feelings of pain and the feelings of love that I've had in, in my past. Well, it's hard. This is an understatement, but if you're so in love with someone and they are addicted or to something else or have some thing that competes with you, then it's never really in balance, right? And so it's that lopsided feeling of when you give of yourself and you can't get back in equal measure. And do you keep giving or do you not keep giving? Or is it really a choice after a while? Yeah, it kind of feels impossible. So I don't know if there's an answer. (laughs) But it's good to have it out there. I mean, the innermost sort of secrets of relationships, obviously there are lots of books written about love and all of this, but it is very complicated. And there need to be stories like this that are a little bit more, not so clear cut. Like, of course this person will leave. Of course this person won't leave. Like it's, I don't know. It's good to get into the mess of it all. Yeah. When I was writing it, it felt pretty messy to me in that there were times where I was writing about Leah and Charlie and it seemed to me like I was writing a love story. And then there were times where I was like, this is a story about two really codependent, manipulative, perhaps abusive people. And it, it was constantly going back and forth. And it seemed really like, I was like, I can't stop and analyze and try to figure out like what this relationship is. I just need to sort of stay in the moment and like really try to honestly describe like how would Leah react in this moment? How would Charlie react in this moment? And not try to judge what does that mean about them as a person um, or as a character? And then just kind of write the whole novel. And maybe I can try to figure it out afterwards. I still don't really have a grasp on like how to necessarily describe their relationship, but just sort of know that it's complicated and messy and people can be complicated and messy. And I don't have to necessarily give it labels. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Whatever this relationship parallel was in your life, you managed to get out of, I'm assuming, or not? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, again, it's, it's... Leah is not me. I know, I know, I know. I know. You know, the relationships that I did draw upon for inspiration, it is all in the past. Yeah. (laughs) It was funny how in the beginning of the book, Leah is worried because she perceives him to be so much cuter, right? Like he's so handsome and whatever. And, you know, she's not attractive enough to be with him and whatever. And then later you reference when Leah's talking about her writing role models, one of which is Curtis Sittenfeld. Mm -hmm. And then it's so funny because her book just came out and that is sort of the premise that, you know, what is it like when more attractive women end up with less attractive guys or sort of this imbalance of perceived good looks within a couple. Anyway, I just found that sort of timely and <laughs> no, I mean, it's a big thing that comes up in the book where Leah is, you know, she's always describing what Charlie looks like and she's so yeah. enamored by, you know, how beautiful he is. And, and in some ways she she can't see him clearly at all. She's always kind of trying to figure out like, is he lying? Is he nice? Is he not nice? Is he using? Is he not using? But one thing she can see very clearly is that he's like, incredibly beautiful and that doesn't really like change for her and people are always asking her like you know why are you with him why do you keep going back to him and I think it's deeper for her than just that she's attracted to him but that attraction is is so intense for her mm-hmm. and it feels almost like a superficial answer to say well I'm attracted to him but it's a huge piece is that she's incredibly attracted to him yeah so we are all animals yeah. at heart. <laughs> There's, it's hard to ignore, yeah. especially when you have him smile and all this. I was like, oh, who is this? I like have this fictional guy in my head now. <laughs> yeah. what is, when you think about him and maybe do you have someone in mind? Is there a movie star or is there somebody who he looks like to you or is he more just this fictitious guy? Um, I don't know if I have a movie star in in mind. I'd have to think about that. I <laughs> I I'd describe him in like an early scene as like a mix between Johnny Depp and Jake Gyllenhaal. And so I, I do imagine him with this kind of like very boyish charm, good luck. Yeah, very like kind of sweet smile, but I, I'd have to think of kind of... <laughs> I was thinking, the, I don't know why as I was reading, I had more of like a Chris Hemsworth type of guy. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like lighter hair and mm-hmm. I don't I'm still brown. I don't know. Sort of that smile. That, I don't know. Yeah. That, I mean, that could work too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So tell me about 
writing this book? Was this, did you write it during the pandemic? Was it before? Like was, tell me about that whole process. Yeah, I, I wrote it during the pandemic. It was kind of like pretty early pandemic days. And I wrote it very quickly. Like I kind of got the idea. I, I had actually, it started from an essay that I was writing having to do with something wild. And it was something about domestic violence. And I kind of kept going off onto these tangents about kind of what I was talking about, like relationships with high highs, low lows. And I, I was realizing like, I'm kind of much more interested in writing something fictional, like about what it's like to be in a relationship that is kind of so cyclical that way. And once I realized like what I was actually interested in writing about, I had the idea for Leah and Charlie and I started writing it one day and I kind of just kept writing. I wrote the first draft in about two months, which is wow. like much faster than I've written anything. I think just because I was like so caught up and involved in the world and in the relationship. And it was really, I was kind of in a weird place and it was, you know, very isolated, very, you know, it was early days pandemic. And it was kind of soothing to me to like go into, I mean, even though it's kind of a disturbing novel, like it was kind of soothing to me to go into this very reclusive world and, and just kind of lose myself in it. And so I was able to write the first draft really quickly. And then it was a very raw first draft and then spend a lot more time on revision, kind of fill in a lot of the gaps. Cause the first draft was almost entirely Leah and Charlie. Mm -hmm. And then it was a lot kind of figuring out like, what's the world that they're in? Like, okay, they're in Madison, Wisconsin. Leah's in an MFA program. Who are their families? And kind of really fill in those gaps. Interesting. Yeah. I love the scene. I mean, it's sad, but at her bat mitzvah when her mom doesn't show up mm -hmm. and you just wrote that scene so clearly and I could so see it and the celebration mixed with sorrow where the, and the two are often so closely linked, right. With any sort of loss or bad thing going on. So I don't know. I love that, that moment, her being you know lifted up in the chairs and yet the one she wanted to be there, not being there. So I think everyone can relate. Um, are you working on anything new or did you whip out like three more novels during the I pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have like some early stuff that I'm thinking about, but Nothing formulated, ready to talk about. And what are you up to when you're not editing, working on a new project, all of that? I'd been working as a domestic violence counselor and I actually left my job about a month ago, like right before all the publication stuff started. So I'm kind of at like a weird transition point because I'd been doing that for about like seven years and now this book came out. And so... I'm kind of reassessing everything and we'll begin my next project and then kind of decide what's coming next. But this last month has been mostly filled with publication stuff and working on essays and getting everything out. So it's been pretty busy. Wow. Well, at least you can focus on it. Really. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. You know, not having to do the juggle. Yeah. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors? You know, I, I think the advice I would give would be the same advice I'll probably give myself as I'm like starting my next project is to like give yourself permission to write the thing that makes you really excited. And like, if you find that there are either ideas or characters or themes or whatever it is that keeps kind of coming back into your head again and again, allow yourself to go kind of where like the excitement or the energy is. And if, you know, if you're enjoying or having fun writing it, like people are going to resonate with that. So 
that works. Yeah. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah. Very good advice. <laughs> and the ending, I just, I mean, I won't give anything away, but very, very powerful. The whole thing. Thank you so really much. Really just, oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks for coming back on. I really love the way you write. I can't wait to read what you write next. Oh, thank and you so much, Zippy. I, I really appreciate it. That's true. All right. Okay. Have a great day and thanks so much. Enjoy okay. the ride. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 